Your contributions help keep Living on Earth on the air. Please give generously at LOE.org today. It's Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. Swimming season in New England ended weeks ago as it's just too cold. But the chilly water of late fall brings some special guests inside the arm of Cape Cod. Every November, sea turtles caught in the cold begin washing up on shore. The north side of Cape Cod is formed like a big bucket. Turtles, when they get the instinct to swim south in the early autumn, that instinct is blocked by all this land. That's Tony Lacasse of the New England Aquarium. For the past 20 years, the aquarium has been partnering with the Audubon Society to rescue turtles who become too cold and get stranded on the beach. This year, there are more of these hypothermic turtles than ever in need of help. Living on Earth's Emmett Fitzgerald has our story. Each year in November, dozens of volunteers pull on hats, zip up their parkas, and tramp the beaches of Cape Cod from Sandwich to Truro. They head out just after high tide, sometimes in the dark, following the rack line where seaweed marks the water's highest point. These hardy beachcombers are looking for turtles. We are watching for that familiar sea turtle shape about the size of a dinner plate, but with flippers. Michael Locke and his nine-year-old son, Skyler, have been volunteering with the Massachusetts Audubon Society for four years now. We asked if we could volunteer for their sea turtle rescue program, and we were assigned to this very beach, Lanell Landing Beach, the next day. And so what happened the next morning? I can't remember what happened. saw the first turtle? Me. You did? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was really excited when we found that first one. They comb the beach in the evening after Skyler gets out of school. When they spot a turtle, they set it above the tide line for the Audubon staff to collect. You um, try and find a sort of marking so Audubon can see it better and... Yeah, something that really stands out on the beach so that when Audubon uh, comes down to the beach to find and pick it up, they can locate it easily. This year, there have been more stranded turtles than ever before, but Skylar has only found a couple and he's looking to add to his total. Most we found in one year is six and we're trying to beat that record. We've still got five more numbers to go because we've already found two. So if we added our last three years up, I'd say that's about 14. Bundled up and armed with flashlights, Skylar and his dad head off into the night. Do you think we're gonna find any today? I don't know, I don't know. We still have uh, quite a bit of beach to walk. Yep, okay. Yeah, we're gonna walk I, down to Crosby. I think we have a pretty good chance of finding one because northwest wind, that's the best wind for it. Um, but the rack line is a bit thin. Massachusetts Audubon delivers all of the turtles that volunteers find to the New England Aquarium's Animal Care Center in Quincy, Massachusetts. The Animal Care Center is in an old brick building along the Quincy Wharf. Freight trains wind between abandoned warehouses with smashed windows, and the smell of the sea is thick. Tony Lacasse let me into the center. Inside the cavernous room are massive circular tanks like above-ground swimming pools. They are filled with threatened sea turtles, spotted greens, large loggerheads, and the most endangered sea turtle in the world, the Kemp's Ridley. The predominant species and the most important ones are these little Kemp's Ridleys. They are everywhere from dinner plate size to serving platter size. The juvenile sea turtles are a charcoal black with a white serrated edge, and they sort of have a heart-shaped shell. As I peer over the edge of the tank, a turtle comes up for air. Tony says, don't get too close. 
They're really cute little guys, but you still got to be careful with them. These guys primarily eat crabs, so if you stuck your finger in there, uh, you might have, uh, you know, require some good stitches. Every day, the Audubon Society delivers batches of turtles to the center in Quincy. We had three days last week where we had more than 20 turtles come in at a time. And to give you an idea of how unusual that is, sea turtle hospitals in Florida might see 20 sea turtles in a season. This hospital can hold about 100 turtles at a time. If they get more than that, they have to offload them to other facilities up and down the East Coast. The center recently sent 35 turtles to Florida in a Coast Guard plane. Tony says that scientists at the aquarium aren't sure why so many turtles have stranded this year. It could be good news. The total population of turtles is recovering, and the number of hypothermic turtles is rising along with it. But climate change could be playing a role as well. Tony thinks that warm water temperatures last year might have confused the turtles, delaying their normal migration. In 2011, we had water temperatures that were five and six degrees above normal for a good part of the year. And so the normal environmental queuing didn't happen because the water was warm and they probably thought they had more time. When the turtles arrive at Quincy, they're usually in pretty bad shape. They have often been floating in the bay for months and have used up all of their fat reserves. Normally there should be like big rolls of fat that you'd see on like a 12-month-old baby coming off of its thighs. But what will happen is, is that you'll literally see a skinny leg with sort of draped skin over it. And that just indicates how both dehydrated and how emaciated a lot of these turtles are. First, the hospital staff treat each turtle for hypothermia and dehydration. Unlike warm-blooded animals, these reptiles need to be rewarmed gradually, about five degrees a day, to prevent infections. Once a turtle is back on its flippers, it can be moved into one of the big tanks with the others. The staff paint a number on the back of every turtle's shell with white nail polish so that they can keep track of each individual. One of the biggest challenges can be feeding. My job right now is to focus on number 28. He's not eating. Carla is a volunteer at the Turtle Hospital. She's dangling a piece of herring in front of a small turtle with a white number 28 scrawled on its shell. Despite her efforts, 28 isn't interested in the food. So what we're doing for 28 is we're actually um, tube feeding him, which we don't like to do and it's kind of stressful for the animal. So that's why I'm supposed to work on him for at least a half an hour. Feeding the turtles is an exact science, and the staff carefully monitor each individual's food intake. We feed them squid and herring, and everything is weighed, so we know exactly how much they're eating. Recent arrivals often struggle to eat solid food, and as Carla tries to coax these reluctant newcomers, healthier veterans sometimes get in the way. Oh, oh see, see, number 55, he's obviously hungry. You're trying to feed number 93, but number 55. Yes, number 55 is hungry, but I bet he's already reached his capacity. Turtle rehabilitation takes a long time. Best case scenario, a turtle will be out of the center in a couple of months, but some will require nearly a year of treatment. When the turtles are healthy, the aquarium transports them to warmer waters to be released. If the turtle's ready to go in January or February, we'll arrange for the turtle to be flown down to Florida or to South Georgia to be released down there. Uh, if the turtle's ready in, let's say, March or April, we'll bring that turtle down to the Carolinas. Uh, if they're ready in the summertime, we'll release them off of the Cape or off of Martha's Vineyard. The New England Aquarium and Wellfleet Audubon have been rescuing turtles for 20 years now, and they're proud of their record. If a turtle arrives alive here, it has a 90% chance of surviving and being released. That's thanks to biologists, veterinarians, and hundreds of committed volunteers, young and old. In the past 20 years, they have rescued, rehabilitated, and released over a thousand sea turtles. 
For these critically endangered creatures, every effort counts. For Living on Earth, I'm Emmett Fitzgerald. And thanks to Naomi Ehrenberg, who helped report this story. <laughs>